What's up, guys? Welcome to the Anchor Down Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Mills, founder, Anchor Down Leadership LLC, and head football coach, James M. Bennett High School. First of all, thanks for tuning in. Appreciate your time. There's a lot of different ways you could use your time, so I value any time you give to me. Secondly, Anchor Down Leadership is an organization based around developing dynamic uh, 21st century principle-based leaders under the idea that not only do they lead, but they grow other leaders. And that is a key part of what we do and the systems we put in place. <clears throat> Today, I want to talk about learning from your haters. That's right. You know, everybody always says, well, you got to tune out the haters, right? You have to ignore the hate, ignore the haters, those who don't want you to, don't want you to do well. And I think that leads to a false idea. I think it's important that we understand, as leaders, we must be able to take criticism. And not only must we be able to take criticism, we must be able to learn from criticism. I think that's a, that's a huge deal, right? And, and, you know, to be completely fair, I know what I want to talk about today. Don't have the best plan, so we're going to kind of see where this goes. Um... You know, a lot of this stems from from a situation last week. Uh, I won't get into too many details because I know it'll just irritate a bunch of people. But um, some people in my profession were criticized, and they did not take kindly to that. They did not care for the way that they were being uh, talked to and the things that were being said about them. Um, now, for those of you who know me at all know that I am a teacher, but I probably don't think like a lot of teachers. Um, I, for one, thought some of the criticism was warranted. I thought it was probably good for somebody to say some of the things that were said. Um, And they weren't delivered in a negative way necessarily, but that's how people chose to take them. Um, And it got me really to thinking because, you know, that it happened on, I think, a Thursday night and I woke up on Friday morning and immediately on social media, several of my teacher friends and people in the community who uh, our friends are related or married to teachers, had some things to say as well. And as I started looking at the things they were saying, I realized they completely missed the point of the criticism. They completely didn't understand what was being said. Why is that? Because as soon as they felt criticized, they went on the attack. They got fired up and they said, I'm not going to listen to what's being said. I'm just going to respond with negativity. I'm going to respond with my own counterclaims. And they didn't really think or more importantly listen critically. And it got me thinking that as leaders, we do that sometimes. And we not sometimes, we do that a lot, right? I, I think about myself in the situation of being both a teacher and and a coach, right? And the, the one we always point to, the one we always point to is parents, right? How parents say this, parents say that uh, they accuse you of this, they accuse you of that, and our response is always, well, they don't understand. They're not in our shoes. They're not doing the job we do. They don't see the things we do. All of that is 100% accurate, right? When you are in a position of leadership, you are in a unique spot. You can see, understand, analyze, and act upon things most people don't have access to. Most people don't have influence over the same things you do as a leader, especially as you go higher and higher in whatever organization you're in, whether it's a coaching staff, a school, uh, a business, whatever it might be. As you climb that ladder of leadership, 
you gain more and more control over things, all right, or more and more uh, ability to, to determine outcomes, I guess I should say. So when that happens, right, we tend to become a little bit insular. We tend to say, well, I have this ability, you don't, so you don't understand what I'm looking at. And like I said, you, you, you are correct when you say that, but, but that doesn't mean that the criticism being leveled to you doesn't have merit. It doesn't mean just because somebody's criticizing you that they are a hater, right? Uh, they might be providing you with some very valuable third-party perspective, and I think that's important to keep in mind, right? Again, no matter your organization, we get caught up in those around us, right? Think of a coaching staff. Sometimes there becomes those echo chambers, right, where the head coach wants things a certain way and assistant coaches just parrot and echo the same things he's being told. That's great when things are going well, but it can be a problematic when things aren't going well. And that could be in a minute, could be in a game, it could be uh, several plays, could be for weeks on end. It doesn't matter. When you don't have that extra perspective of somebody criticizing you, albeit constructively, you don't get new ideas, you don't get new input, and you continue to make the same poor decisions you've been making. You know, parents provide that for us as teachers, as coaches, right? Yeah, they don't understand, and sometimes their delivery could be worked on. Let's let's not get it twisted. But the things they're saying sometimes have merit. And for us to dismiss it as, well, they don't understand, they don't know what they're saying, is is poor leadership, quite frankly. For us to say, well, they're just a hater, is poor leadership. As leaders, we should be open to criticism at all levels. And yes, sometimes it's going to be painful. That's the position, right? We've talked about this before, that leadership is not a position. Leadership is an is an action. When you're engaging in those actions, right? Uh, not to get scientific, right? But anybody know about Sir Isaac Newton, right? Actions and reactions, right? You're going to get reactions from other people. And most of the time, those reactions will be positive, but sometimes they're going to be negative. But again, it doesn't discount what they're trying to say. Um, as leaders, we need to be open to listening to all sources of criticism. We need to be willing to say, you know what? Maybe they have a point. I'll, I'll give you a, an anecdote from my life, right? Uh, three years ago, 2017, we had a pretty good ball club. And uh, we went down to uh, the eastern shore of Virginia and we played a game, and we, we beat the team pretty soundly. It wasn't a close game. Uh, my, my starting running back had over 200 yards and multiple touchdowns. My backup running back had, I think it was like five carries, 125 yards, and two touchdowns. A crazy good stat line, right? He was a junior. The starting was a senior. After the game, his dad came up to me, and his dad didn't care whether we had won or lost. His dad simply said, why isn't my son seeing the ball more? Of course, my immediate reaction, in, in my head, mind you, in my head, was, what are you talking about? We just won this game handily. Your son had a great stat line. I, why are you bringing this up now? Of course, I politely spoke to him and say, well, you know, that was the game plan. And you know, mentioned a couple other things to, um, you know, get out of the situation. And it would have been easy to dismiss that as, well, this kid's dad just wants his son to see the ball more. Which all dads want, right? Which all dads want. But as the offensive coordinator, that one kind of stuck with me. And, you know, I was looking, going back, watching the game tape and, and thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? We do need to get his son the ball more. I mean, you look at his stat line. Like I said, you know, he had like five carries, 100-plus yards. 
he was a dynamic runner, and we knew that, right? We had an idea. But it was kind of like, you know, his dad's right. His dad is completely accurate. It doesn't mean that his son suddenly becomes the feature back, but we need to find a way to get his son the ball more. And we did, and we had some very successful games. We finished the season 7-3, and three, uh, runner-up for a conference championship, um, you know, making it in the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. Turn around the next year, his son is the feature back, and he ends up being the the uh, conference player of the year. Uh, we fall just short of winning the conference championship. We win a playoff game. We host a playoff game. So it was really a tremendous season. Um, but I go back to that that junior year, and I say, you know what? Listening to his dad may have changed some things in what we were doing. It may have changed our thought process on how our offense was operating. And our starter was no slouch. Don't get me wrong. He was a good player. Um, But yeah, so it was kind of like, it would have been easy to say, well, that's just a crazy parent. But in reality, by listening to that criticism and adapting to it and understanding it and making it part of what we were doing, we got better. We got better. And I think it's important to understand when you're dealing with outside criticism, people are telling you these things because they have a vested interest in your program, right? Or a vested interest in your organization. Maybe it's stakeholders in your company. It's, you know, if it's publicly traded, maybe it's stock owners saying, hey, that was a poor business decision, or you need to do this more, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe it's uh, contractors or subcontractors saying, you know, that's really a poor way to do things. Here's a better way. It's easy to say, no, I know best. I'm the leader, right? I'm experienced. I'm in this position. I know better. But in reality, those outside critical sources can be a huge part in helping us grow individually and helping us grow organizationally. And I think it's imperative that as leaders, we listen to those things, that we pay attention when we are criticized, especially if we keep hearing the same criticisms, right? This is a big part of it. Uh, you know, we've all heard the definition of insanity. Keep doing the same thing over, over, over and expecting different results. If you keep getting the same criticisms over and over and over and over, you probably need to fix something, right? You probably need to say, uh, you know, maybe I should address this and get better at this. Or maybe we need to address this and fix it or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, and again, responding to criticism is not just about making wholesale changes, right? But it's usually about if we made a few minor changes, right? If, uh, going back to my example, we decided to get this kid the ball 12 to 15 times a game. You know, it's not a huge shift in our offense, but it was big enough to matter, right? Making those incremental changes because of criticism is huge, but it took being open to that criticism for that to happen. Um, And it's still something I'm working on. I think as humans... When we're criticized, we are quick to defend ourselves, and rightly so, right? We've vested our time into what we do. We've vested our our blood, sweat, and tears, our emotional um, capital into the thing we're doing. So when somebody says, hey, you're doing it wrong, our initial response is to say, no, I'm doing it right, because we've put so much time into it. But there's a chance we are doing it wrong, and I think that's important to remember that just because you're criticized and go on the defensive and, and get all, you know, in your feelings doesn't mean you don't have to listen to the criticism, right? Doesn't mean you shouldn't listen to the haters. Now, on the other side, I'm going to say this, right? Not everybody who criticizes you 
is worth listening to. And I think that's important to keep in mind, right? Uh, you know, I, I've heard this phrase before, would you take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from? And that's been helpful for me. Now, I don't think that is a 100% hard and fast rule because there's some people I don't particularly care for who I wouldn't take advice from who are really knowledgeable about the things they do. So if they say, hey, you know, this is what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen, right? Um, I may not agree with what my uh, administrators tell me about my teaching style or what I'm doing in the classroom, but if they ask me to do something, I probably have to do it. It is what it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, so understanding not everybody who criticizes you is worth listening to. And that's where, as you develop as a leader, as you develop as a person, you need to be able to discern what's being said to you. You need to be able to understand, okay, what are they actually telling me? In this case, was this dad saying, I want my son to touch the ball more? Yes. But there was a bigger truth to what he was saying. Um, you know, one, it would make his son look better. But two, I legitimately thought he he believed it would help our team win more games. He was right. You know, so understanding where somebody is coming from is a huge part of knowing when to listen to criticism and when to say, okay, I appreciate your opinion. Thank you very much. And walking away. But I think it's important to remember that we have to be able to listen to criticism as leaders. It comes with the position, gang. You know, I've said this before. When we win, it's because my players played great. When we lose, it's because the coaching was poor. Like, (laughs) with that philosophy, you're going to get criticized. There is no leader who is universally loved. Let's keep that in mind, right? There is no leader who is universally loved. Consequently, there's no leader who hasn't been criticized. If you truly believe in what you're doing, if you truly uh, buy in and think through and have your principles and your philosophies and your, your anchors set, then you'll be able to take that criticism and you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to handle people saying things about you and talking about you. And those aren't the people you want to listen to. The people you want to listen to are the ones that give you per- legitimate uh, criticism. And sometimes it is veiled. (laughs) Sometimes it is in the form of a personal attack. And you got to wade through that. You've got to deal with your emotions and their emotions and all those things. Completely understandable. But you have to be able to discern as an experienced leader, hey, this is worth listening to. Or hey, this isn't worth listening to. And sometimes that takes reflection. Sometimes you've got to let it marinate, right? Um, You've got to let it it sit and, and process it. And that's why it's important, you know, on a whole nother side, you don't emotionally overreact to criticism. Um, you know, I think that's a problem. That's why I hate post-game press conferences, right? You know, Mike Van Gundy, I'm a man, I'm 40, right? Go back to that one. Um, I don't like post-game press conferences or those situations because people are usually in a highly emotional state. And the things that were said usually don't reflect what they're actually thinking, right? Uh, Green Bay Packers lost the NFC Championship game last night. And post-game press conference... Uh, a lot of journalists made some comments about how Aaron Rodgers seemed like he had had enough. Uh, he used words like finality and sad and, you know, he thought the, you know, didn't know about the future and those sorts of things. And everybody's like, oh, is he going to retire? It doesn't matter, first of all. Second of all, you can't take anything somebody says in a post-game press conference uh, truthfully because they're in an emotional state. As leaders, we have to get ourselves out of that emotional state before we begin to process criticism, okay? Uh, I coached with a guy for, for many years, and he's a wonderfully nice guy. 
really like him, but he had a temper. And every time he got criticized, that temper would flare up. And there was a few times where we had to extricate him from situations. He was not like that most of the time, but he couldn't control his emotions. I firmly believe that if he had learned a little bit more emotional control and stepped back and actually thought about the things being said to him, he would have said, yeah, you're probably right, and taken that criticism in stride. Consequently, he couldn't. He's no longer with our organization. I still like him. I still think he's a good dude, but he is not part of what we are doing because of that inability to handle himself. And I think that's important as leaders. When it comes to criticism, you cannot, you must not emotionally overreact. Uh, Is that tough? Yes. Does that come with maturity? Yes. However, it's something I encourage all coaches to learn, especially young coaches. Um, You know, kudos to one coach that I do know. We were in a game, this is 2016. Uh, We had a very young offensive line, and we were playing the best team in the conference, and they were putting our quarterback on his butt. Uh, The offensive line was struggling. Fast forward, this would be an offensive line that in two years would be the best in the conference, right? We were learning and burning with young guys. And the quarterback's dad, from the stands, starts screaming at our offensive line coach at halftime. And to the credit of our offensive line coach, he didn't say a word. He kept his head down. He walked back to the huddle, and he kept doing his job. And I was very proud of him for that moment because it is tough in those moments when somebody's up in your grill to not respond. But he understood what was going on. He understood that, uh, you know, we had a young line that was inexperienced. And again, going back to is the criticism valuable, the criticism of you need to teach them to block better isn't really valid. Clearly, that's what we're working on. Um, You know, so that was one of those cases a parent probably wasn't providing us with good feedback Um, because we already knew that, to be completely honest. But again, it was about emotional control, and he kept his head, even though that criticism was being delivered in a high level, in a hot level, towards him, in front of a large crowd, mind you, um, but he kept his his stuff together, so to speak, and our O-line did get better. Our O-line was getting better already at that point. We just were not in a situation where we were good enough yet. Um, but we would end up you know, getting better at the end of that season, and they played pretty well the last three games. And like I said, we moved on to being a much better ball club the next two years. Um, you know, So criticism is important to leadership. Criticism is very is critical to us developing and growing, one, as individuals, right? And two, growing as an organization and as leaders. Uh, We have to be able to listen to criticism, take it in, process it, and then use it to make us better. Is sometimes that criticism going to come from strange sources? Absolutely. Is that criticism going to come in a way we don't particularly like it? Probably. Why? Because we're humans and and we want to respond negatively anytime we're criticized. But as a leader, no position, no profession, no organization, no person is above criticism. And if you think you are, that's problematic, right? Um, you know, last little story before we're done with this one, right? Something I always keep in mind is, is Harry Truman. Uh, I was down in Key West right before Christmas, took a wonderful vacation with my wife, um, and we were able to tour... Uh, Harry Truman's Little White House, they call it. Um, you know, so we walked around, and, and he has a very famous quote, but on his desk, there's a placard. There's a little, uh, not statue, but a little uh, uh, placard. I don't know the official word for it. Um, and on it, on one side, it says, one side, rather, 
says the buck stops here. I had heard that a thousand times. You've probably heard that a thousand times. Didn't understand the story behind it. Uh, I guess in the old West, when you were playing poker with a bunch of guys, you pulled out a buck knife and the buck knife determined who the dealer for that round was. And if you didn't want to be the dealer, you passed the buck, right? means you're passing on that responsibility for that hand. Um, You know, so Truman took that and said the buck stops here, meaning the finality of what happens belongs to me. I am the one responsible for what is going on. On the back of that placard, right, on the front it says the buck stops here. On the back of that placard um, says something along the lines of a boy from Missouri or something like that, right, something about being from Missouri. And that was interesting to me. On the front side, he was saying, I am the ultimate, I have the ultimate responsibility. I'm the ultimate decision maker. Whatever happens is on me. But on the back, it said, remember, you're from Missouri, right? You're from, especially in in the 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, Missouri was a very agrarian state and a very rural state and, you know, kind of considered hillbilly-ish and backwards. Um, It was his way of saying, you're the president of the United States, man. Everything starts and ends with you, but don't forget where you came from. And I think as leaders, that is important, that we need to keep in mind that even though we're in these positions of leadership, even though I might be in charge of hundreds of employees or an entire football franchise or, you know, entire chain of stores or whatever it might be, whatever you are in charge of, just because you've achieved that position doesn't take you away from where you came from. That maybe you were a part-time employee in that organization. Maybe you were a player for that franchise or a lowly JV assistant coach for that franchise. And you weren't the ultimate decision maker. And you were learning and burning and getting better. And now that you are the decision maker, it's important to keep in mind that same mentality of you came up to this organization. You were a part of this organization. You're not better than anybody else in this organization. So conversely, if you're going to give people criticism, as coaches and leaders, we have to deliver criticism. You have to be also willing to take that criticism. And you can't get all bent out of shape when people do criticize you. You can't get all up in your feelings just because someone says, hey, you need to do this better. Guess what? If you constantly are three and seven, three and seven, three and seven, three and seven, you need to be doing things better. Is winning football games everything? Absolutely not. But if you keep doing that, things are not going to get better, right? You're going to lose players. You're going to lose parents. You're going to possibly get fired, right? We see that in the NFL and professional sports all the time. We see people winning and still getting fired, all right? Um, So being able to take that criticism is a key part of developing as a leader. Uh, Being able to take that criticism peacefully is an important part of developing as a leader. And understanding that the criticism being given to you might take a little bit to figure out is also a key part developing as a leader. That said, we don't respond to every piece of criticism. Just because we get criticized doesn't mean that criticism is worth listening to. But you need to be open-minded. You need to be willing to listen to people, even from sources you didn't think would matter. Parents, players, right? Um, you know, administration, uh, employees, other managers, assistant managers, right? If they feel comfortable enough to bring criticism to you, then you might want to think about what they're saying. Does it mean they're right? No. But it's worth listening to and understanding and appreciating that they want to make you better. They want to make the organization better. 
so yeah, just a little thought, like I said, that all started with uh, watching some of my uh, teacher friends get a little out of shape last week. Um, it is what it is. They are entitled to their opinions, but it really led me to believe that understanding how to take criticism of your profession, of your person, personal gain, whatever it might be, whatever you're getting criticized on is a key part of developing as a leader and an adult and an individual in society. Without that ability to appreciate, understand, and take in criticism, you're never going to grow as a person. You're never going to grow as a leader. And quite frankly, you're going to be an ineffective and poor leader. And we ain't about that here at Anchor Down Leadership, right? So hopefully some of this helped you today, guys. Um, you know, I appreciate you listening. Again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can get up with me on Instagram at Dustin W. Mills or at Anchor Down Leadership. Uh, I say Instagram, I meant Twitter. <laughs> I, I'm both those things on Instagram as well, but Twitter's where I uh, discuss the most, right? At Dustin W. Mills, at Anchor Down Leadership. Um, you can email us, Dustin at AnchorDownLeadership.com. I would love to talk to you, love to hear what you guys have to say. Would love to spend time, uh, you know, working with you or whatever it might be. And I would love to learn from you as well. And I think that's a key part of this. So, uh, again, appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to this. Hope everybody has a great week. Um, You know, as always, I'll leave you with this. Always challenge the status quo. Find ways to make yourself better and stay anchored down to your core values. Have a great week, everybody. Mm -hmm.